Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at thestartupfactory.tech. So welcome to episode 17 now of From the Factory Floor and our first of 2021. So we've got the gang back from the first episode of 2020. So obviously welcome Ian and Guy. Today's episode is all about non-execs. Ian Guy, do you want to just give a very quick overview of what you've done as non-execs in the past really? This is quite a uh, special podcast I think for me and Guy because this is how our relationship started a decade ago. I kind of rocked up on the uh, the front doorstep at Cake Solutions, gave Guy a bit of help with the heavy lifting, and since then, really, we've enjoyed each other's company tremendously, bounced off each other, and enjoyed some mutual success, and that, that led us to being the co-founders of the Startup Factory. So, yeah, it was my first proper uh, non-exec post, and I'd like to think it's been, been a success because the, the personal side of it has been, has been as important to me and Guy as the business side. We're going to cover off some of the, the, the benefits of a non-exec, but since you've kind of mentioned one there, in the getting on bit is the single most important thing because you, you have to respect each other, you have to be able to get on, and, and we've, we've had that in spades. And right right from the word go, you know, we've got common interests and common outlook on, on, on life and, and, and running a business, and, and I think that's a really, really important starting point. Everything else kind of follows on from there, really. So, yeah, I'd echo that. And it's funny, really, because, you know, you came in and, and supported me in many ways, which I'm going to talk about later. You know, it's kind of come full circle, really, because, you know, we, we had some success at Cake. Then, you know, I started on my new career, and my new career involves two or three companies that I've kind of co-founded and I'm either... Uh, working on now or rolling out as well as a couple of uh, non-exec positions so it's like full circle really and I'm really new into that and, and you're a, an old hand is it really? <laughs> hey listen the old hand but uh, <laughs> at least you didn't say veteran but, uh, but there you go for me it was natural evolution of what I wanted to do I, I'd kind of done the, the day job for a long time you know with the PLC had my own consultancy business and what I was missing really was that emotional connection with a business and sharing the founder journey, the highs and lows, but also that kind of that buddy and, and being that business buddy relationship. Because I think being a, a, a kind of consultant and doing consultancy is great. You can have an impact, you're a catalyst. But non-exec, they're, they're, they're much more long-term. And it's all more about the, the relationship. It's not a quick fix panacea, someone who rocks up with all the answers. I think the reason we work really well, guys, that I, I kind of came in, uh, but you were great in terms of you, you kind of listened, we replayed back, we talked about options, and then I got out of the way, and you, you get on, you went on and, and did it. And, and so I think it was the, that, the frictionless aspect of, of how we got on of respect and trust and, and kind of iterated on the discussions really that worked really well. I think when you came in, you had an immediate impact in, 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 in a number of areas. And then after that, actually, there was it was an ongoing support kind of relationship really that we, we had that, that worked on a, a number of different levels so you know I think if you pit the right non-exec that has the badges and scars then they will make an immediate impact in in areas maybe you uh, as a CEO are not experienced in or not as strong at or it's not your area of expertise but then there is that ongoing support and a lot of it actually is is quite frankly mental support because you know, yeah. one of the points I was going to make is that running a company can can get quite lonely. You know, you've got people you work really closely with, but 
the reality is that although people might question you to a point, no one really questions you and no one really says, hang on a second, guy, what on earth are you doing? Why are you doing that? You know, on the whole, people are a little bit more subtle and ask maybe softer questions and, and so on. And I think a, a, a non-exec who you have that kind of relationship that we had is that you could come in and, and ask the, the hard-hitting questions without fear of offence and it would be taken in the right way and, and that kind of worked both ways really well. Also, ability to ask the probing questions in a way that's not quite so fluffy. What other qualities would you really expect from a non-exec? Well, interestingly, I mean, Ian didn't actually come with any experience in the area that we you know, operated in, which was software development. But, you know, immediately you, you're a detail person, Ian, and I'm not. And, and immediately you you were you <laughs> were researching the bejesus out of everything and and and, and actually became far more proficient in, in that area and far quicker than, than I probably did because I really had no experience in, in, in it when I when I started the business, actually. It was my business partner that had that kind of experience. And, you know, my job was to run the business and to generate the sales. And that's how it worked. And I had to learn along the way. But you learned really quickly because of your, your eye for detail and your research capabilities. And I, I don't have that gene, I don't think. The biggest thing is you've got to get on. They don't have to be from your sector, but they def- definitely do have to have the badges and scars of running a, a business. The relationship has to be such that, that those probing, not necessarily awkward, but certainly hard-hitting questions can be asked and everything's done in the, in the, in the right spirit. And again, I think your skill set filled in an area that I still really don't like that much which was the detail work around the the finances in i remember the first thing you did was came in and you, you looked at the information we were getting in terms of the management accounts and you you questioned that and you improved those they needed fine-tuning you know we, we actually had reasonable management accounts but you you improved them and you fine-tuned them and then you know as i recall you your profession, what I call professionalized us a little bit more. So we had processes in place for software development and so on, but things like board meetings and board meeting minutes and agendas and quarterly strategy reviews were, were pretty ad, ad hoc. We had them, but they weren't as rigorous and as professional as we, we should have had them. And you kind of came in with the experience of of running boards and sitting on boards and you understood how those things worked and you professionalized us in that from that perspective and that was really helpful so you know when we were eventually acquired sort of six years after you joined us then we had all that documentation and the, the due diligence actually was a breeze and the acquirers actually commented on what a well-run company we were because we had all the financial disciplines in place because we had all the 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 way you run the company the structures you need to have in place and that's something i've definitely taken away and something that with the companies i'm working with i make sure that that happens in those companies now as well so it's a little bit more than the badges and scars i think that's something different actually and i'm sure we'll come on to that but it is you definitely professionalize those were there when I needed to be questioned and when I needed to ask opinions that I didn't really want to ask people in the team those opinions. Yeah, I think that's a really good summary, Guy. In terms of the qualities, and I look at kind of what I, you know, it's a bit of a personal introspection really, but I guess I've always kind of viewed the non-exec role as a critical friend. You know, you've got to respect, you look, you've got to let the founder, CEO get on and run the business and make the decisions and you're just there to kind of present options and say, look, you know, we, we can improve things a little bit. Where does the business want to be? Okay, let, let's work backwards from that. What things do we need to put in place, really? 
I, I kind of say choose a, a non-exec like you choose a spouse. You, you look for a degree of compatibility, <laughs> uh, good connectivity and some compassion. Uh, and let's leave it there on, on that analogy. But you know what I mean? I think there has, there has to be that spark of personal alignment, but also then kind of respect. And then the adjacency of the experience where you get one plus one equals three in terms of the leadership and management capability and momentum that it gives. And all I'll say, guys, I, I think I, you know you had a brilliant platform and you knew where you wanted to go. I, I just kind of defogged it a little bit encourage you to put your foot down on the accelerator other at times you didn't need much encouragement to do that <laughs> but just kind of put some guidance and, and kind of just sense checks to a few things so the qualities are, as we've said are a lot of personal relationship but don't look to the non-exec to kind of come in and, and be a panacea i think the way we worked it with that that wasn't the case i knew very little about software development and i think i got a reputation for being a, a clumsy user of the tech anyway in my time with you there the, so, the Brooks is infrastructure, as I recall. Absolutely. And I, and I think for me, it kind of takes us to the second point about you can only use a non-exec if you're willing to listen to them and the psychology of I'm willing to take advice. And you were, you were great to work with because we just sat there over a cup of tea, talked about the business, talked about aspirations, talked about frustrations. But, you know, you had a clear vision and I just kind of helped lift the burden a little bit. Just going back, slightly rewinding, I think a Tinder for non-execs would, would be uh, <laughs> a momentous idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for me, it's the kind of not regarding a, you know non-exec as a silver bullet. Somebody who walks in has got all the answers. I think the way we work really well, guys, that you you were kind of you were prepared to listen hugely and and you know take on board the advice and, and explore the options. One of the things you did, you 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 question things. And even though you probably knew they were the right moves, you questioned because what that did, and I'm quite impulsive, and I think you know this is where matching the, the right non-exec with the, with the right CEO is important. I'm quite impulsive and I make quick decisions, and I'm too impulsive and I don't do enough research into things. I go and gut feel too much, kind of know that. And I think Ian was not quite the opposite of that, but he, he certainly put that in check slightly and got me to think about things in a little bit more detail before we actually embarked on them. And I think the other thing, you know, it, the, the, the exception advice is, is, is one thing, but actually, you know, an important um, aspect for a non-exec is that sometimes the CEO will go, do you know what? I actually think I'm right. I'm going to go down that route anyway. Appreciate your advice and your, your thoughts on it. But in this instance, I'm going to go with, 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 with what I think. The ability to uh, be able to have that, you know, honest conversation with the non-exec is really important. That fit of you continuing to make the decisions, but just having it kind of having bounced it off and either reaffirmed it or, you know, I, I always worked on the basis of logic. And, and while you were an hour an impulsive decision making, that's that's a key strength. Trusting your instincts of, of any founder in a business. Is kind of navigating that way. Don't go for you know analysis paralysis. I think it was just acting as a sounding board that validated your thinking. Or I couldn't convince you otherwise. If I'm honest, I, I think nine times out of ten that worked really well. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, and I think you know when when you when you did query things and and you queried them strongly, then I think probably nine times out of ten I went, yeah, do you know what you're right. We need to either do a little bit more research on that before we start it or we just need to bid an idea totally because it was just a really wacky kind of magic fairy dust type of idea there was the odd one that i kind of stuck to my guns with you know on the whole i think they worked out so but it, it gets you to sense check and 
think about uh, the decisions you're making. And, and for my personality, that was really important and you know very valuable. One of the things where you were too nice was on pricing. I kind of when I started to understand and learn about the business, the value that you personally and the cake as a business were providing for clients was fabulous. But you were seriously underpriced. And and because you, you you're such a humble bloke, you find it quite difficult to, to really look at that. But I, I'd like to think that was one of the key prods I gave you from a commercial point of view is respect yourself, respect the value you're providing, look at your competition. And and that I think had a did have a catalytic effect on the overall revenue and growth of the business. I think that's a really important point. You know, it had a massive effect on the bottom line. And and and, and quite frankly, I think a lot of CEOs will, will, will have this conversation with themselves as to what they're worth. And the big fear, I think, for any CEO, particularly when things are a little bit tighter and you, you really don't want to lose a customer, is the fear of putting your prices up because you think that they will suddenly disappear and, and not pay the money. Now, there is a chance that that will happen. But actually, my experience is that when we put our prices up, and actually in over a four-year four, or four year period, I think we ended up doubling our day rates with, with the appropriate nudges from you. We didn't lose one client because of that, in my opinion. There's a little bit of subjectivity in there. You know, no one pushed back. And um, when we quoted new for new projects in particular, you know, we were carrying on winning them at a, a very high rate in terms of the number of proposals we sent compared to the, the the number of things that we won, it was like 75%. We won 75% of the business we put proposals out for, mm. even with the prices a lot higher. And in some ways, you know, having that higher price, it, it, it's almost reassuring for some clients, quite frankly. I think if, you, if your price is too low and you, you really are undervaluing yourself, they, they'll query, well, these guys are no good, you know. So there's a bit of reverse psychology in there as well, I think. We were reassuringly expensive, I think, the phrases that we used. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, you know, that the whole process of, of software development, how you provide value to a client, all the, you know, all the aspects of, of that. But the pricing was just a blind spot. And I think blind spots are some things where non-exec can really help. That, yeah. You know, day to day, you're running the business, you're doing everything, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the hiring, you're doing the you know, the account management, you're doing the numbers, and you just have that blind spot. And I think that, for me, is kind of, if you, as a founder, CEO, just, just reflect a little bit, where are your blind spots? And, and where, can, you know, where can you get a non-exec to, uh, to provide some help? So I think, yeah, it, it worked. And it was that kind of drop-in, helicopter view, right, point of detail, we need to change this, and, you know, working on the impact. And I think also the other benefit to you, I think it also helped you then, with kind of my role and kind of the impact on the broader management team as well. Again, kind of gave you more confidence about what you were doing. And I certainly saw you becoming even more energised and focused on what you wanted to do because I was giving you something of an anchor to enable you to then really get in with Annie and Pete and Jan and, and, and really press the button on the accelerator mode as well. So it's not just the impact that the exec has on the founder, on the broader management team as well. Yeah, it gave it, it absolutely gave everyone confidence, and 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 just kind of to add to that comment a little bit there. So you know, as with all businesses, we we had our ups and downs, and even you know, like the, the the majority of the period you were with us in was a successful period, but there was at least one uh, one period during you know your tenure that that quite frankly we 
we're running out of work. We're running it, and and we were financially getting really quite tight, and and so on. And that is in particular a really lonely place for a CEO because you know you've you've had a few years of success, you've grown, you've got higher overheads. Maybe previously as a CEO, you you could have stuck a little bit of money, your own money in, and and propped the company up. Now the figures are such that you couldn't touch the sides with that, so you had to. You know, make sure that the, that the business was was um, stable enough to withstand the ups and downs that, that invariably happen. For often through stuff that's you know of no fault of your own, whether it's two thousand and eight recession or you know you know more recently the more topical one would be the the pandemic. And you know, I see a, a non-exec quite often has been through those periods themselves, and it's you know it's just that reassurance you know guy i've been there i've done it but we got over it and you can get over it as well and you know maybe these are some of the things we could do to try and increase the business and you kind of you 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 instill that positive mindset which allows you to carry on going and not get overawed by everything that's happening and keep planning forward and and taking your team forward with you because you know as much as we were transparent and we wanted to be quite honest with the team and when things were good we you know we shared that with people and when th- great things were happening and we we're winning great contracts we were quite open as a company equally when they were bad we shared it with 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 people but when you do that you've got to be careful because you don't want then people going well company's um, struggling and I'm, I'm going to look for a new job you, you need your team at that point you want people with you so you know at that point then you have to have a plan and you know again you were there for for me to to help me devise that plan and speak with confidence then to the not just the management team, the directors, the senior management team, and then the you know the the, the wider team as well, and project that confidence. Yes, things are tight, but we have a plan. This is what we're going to do, and this is this is how we're going to do it. Fortunately, that worked. And then one other point I I just add to that is then how do you guard against that happening again and again? You know, I think we work together on that. You know, how do you make sure that you build capital up and in, 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 you've got plenty of cash in your bank account? Do you need a facility? Do you need to negotiate a facility? We, we went to a funding agency and got a facility so that at any one point, if we, you know, if we didn't take any money for six months, we were still had enough money available to keep us going. We were well capitalized at that point to ensure that we didn't go through what we went through. I think probably when you first kind of joined us and started working with us. So that was incredibly helpful as well. <laughs> it is. There's the highs and the lows, isn't there? There's, I think there's a couple of points there, Guy. I think being comfortable with your own vulnerability made it easy for me to work with you. You know, you were happy to share the things that were kind of concerning you. And, and very quickly, you know, we, we, we kind of formed a good trusting relationship. So, you know, how you get your best out of, the, of an non-exec is by being prepared to show your vulnerability, you know, while being robust to the rest of the company. You know, back to your point about it being lonely, um, having that vulnerability with your non-exec, I think is, is you know, is, is really valuable. The other thing as well is just, the, you know, the overall point about experience is, and I've learned this, you know, as, as a good non-exec, don't just come in and try and fit your own experience into the situation. Yes, you know, I had a lot of relevant experience, but it had to be uh, fine-tuned and, you know, curated to actually fit the circumstances of CAKE, where it was in its growth cycle, where you were. So, uh, you know, non-execs, don't just come in and say, yeah, I've seen this all before, this is what I've done, this worked. That isn't really a great formula, because what you want to do is you've identified, Guy, 
it's passed on some of those learning lessons so the CEO can actually learn from you. If it happens again, this is what I need to do. So there's, there's a personal learning journey aspect to the non-exec, but also be very careful as a non-exec. Don't just say, I know what to do. I've been here before. That's just not the case. Every situation is, is different and unique. You have to adapt it. I, yeah, I totally, uh, totally get that. And, uh, you know, you, you, you clearly did that. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we, we were candid with each other. I think we focused on the things that needed to be done. And I think that's another key takeaway for me is don't just have a non-exec that rocks up and kind of you've, you've got a name or somebody's got credibility. They, they, a good non-exec rolls their sleeves up and gets their hands dirty but doesn't get in the way. I think, you know, that, that, that spirit of, of welcoming me, making me feel involved, you know, going to the Christmas parties, for goodness sake, was great because I was this fellow that turned up once a week and eventually I got to know all the team and the Christmas parties and the finer sides. So that, that for me, is that sense of emotional involvement is something you should look for from a non-exec. And, and as a non-exec, you should want that emotional involvement, get to know the people, get to know the culture, get to know the dynamics, get to know the confident people, the shy people. Because you can add, add value by just saying, hey, I've, I've just noticed, you know, Frank, Frank's being quieter than normal. I don't know if you've seen this, but I've just spotted this. So using that overall, you know, your holistic experience as an non-exec, but equally focusing on the things that matter and not getting in the way. You know, building a relationship with the wider team was, was, was really important because, you know, one of the other things that you did talking of kind of rolling your sleeves up was that, you began to mentor other members of the team as well. So we worked in a technical environment and often in those environments, people don't always have the social skills that, that you know, other people have kind of thing and uh, without being too stereotypical, but you were there and you provided um, soft skill support for, for people so they could improve that uh, for those that needed it for, for that side of the, you know, for that side of their character. And it was not something that came naturally, but you kind of showed them the way and, and they became more confident of it. And I think one of the things that, you know, between us and the management team, we, we, we did pretty well at Kate was we developed people. I saw people that came in as, you know, really shy, very mild-mannered people that when I left were, were, were team leads and and had a voice and had an opinion. And, and it was great to see people develop in that way. And, um, and and certainly things like the soft skill training uh, were, were kind of part of that journey and the exposure we, we, we had with clients and that kind of thing also helped. And the, I suppose the, the culture the, uh, the technic- that we developed where the technical team kind of shared stuff and there was, you know, you could do a lunch and learn if you wanted. It's a really soft way of, of, of going in, learning your communication skills to other people. Because you're doing it to your peers, so you know you, you kind of know them. It's not as it's not as scary. But then, when you've done that a few times, then you know you might go to a user group and do a talk there. You might go to a conference and do a talk, and you can really improve skills other than your technical skills. Uh, in in in, I think in a culture like that, and and again, I think you added to that culture and that kind of thinking. Yeah, it did. It, it was great. I mean, it was you know it was good fun. It was enjoyable. I think it was success at a personal level, a professional level. I think you know we, we constantly kept evaluating what I was doing as a non-exec. You know, was relationship working for you? Was the focus? Were you getting the advice you needed? You know, as we talked about latterly, you know, the, the broader, wider impact. I think it, it kind of it, it worked really well, and hopefully, you know, it's it's a, a role which I've enjoyed and, and subsequently gone on. 
um, to have kind of three or four more roles. And I think, you know, I've identified the sort of relationship and, and the kind of involvement I want um, from working for you. So I think it, it does right back, go right back to the beginning. It starts about the, with a personal relationship. There's got to be rapport. There's got to be respect. There's got to be trust, openness, being comfortable to share vulnerability. Um, because otherwise, it's just a waste of everyone's time, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think that's such an important point. I guess my kind of my my final comment on this really just going off what you said there is you know it, it is all about finding the right person so you shouldn't rush rush into that and in reality uh Ian, we you know we we work with a few external consultants and it was you know that's how we engage with you to begin with and it, it just so happened the relationship built from there and at the end it was a funded kind of consultancy from a, a government scheme but at the end of it we we felt that there was huge value for, for that relationship to continue. So we then made it a commercial one. You know, eventually you became a shareholder, you bought into the company, uh, you showed, you know, your faith in what we were doing and and, and we we reciprocated that as well, I believe. And uh, it, it worked really well, but it's not something you should rush into. Uh, it will take time to develop that relationship. And actually, in, in reality, you might have to kiss a couple of frogs first before you... Uh, find the right person um going back to your uh, relationship analogy ian tinder doesn't always work does it so um well, it's only. <laughs> yeah, i think it's a good, good point to kind of wrap up really i think um, again one of the, the things we, you know we're looking to help with these podcasts is to share our experience so i think hopefully you know we've explained enough about how we started how we worked and where we are today that anyone else any other founder and startup uh, or an SME that's thinking about the value of an exec. Um, me and Gabby are all happy to, to talk to you. you know, if the content's been relevant and useful, then uh, come to tsf.tech and we'll uh, we'll have a brew and just talk to you about the qualities of an exec and how that can benefit your business. Right, so I think that's enough for this week, chaps. Thank you very much. I think next week, Ian, are you talking to John Davidge? Yes, I'm going to talk about legals, which is a lot more interesting, a lot more exciting and really, really important. And, and John's a great character as well as a great trusted advisor. So, uh, yeah, really valuable insights on, on the legal framework of, of starting your company. I think that just about wraps things up here. If you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today, get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter at RealTSF or email at hello at startupbattery.tech. Or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.